This is Thinking to Think, the critical thinking podcast where we analyze topics such as civics, history, culture, philosophy, politics, and current events through a critical thinker's lens. I am your host, the social studies educator, Michael Antonio Aponte, also known as Mr. A. Every Sunday, we will have a new episode within these topics, as well as occasional special guests and recorded lectures with my students. So please subscribe, share, listen, and let's build a critical thinking society together. I had a conversation with a student of mine and he was, no, he's a bit silly. And he was telling me how he had a, uh, he had a, he was talking online to a friend of his about how that person was, felt like they were being oppressed and they were, were feeling bound, uh, bonded in bondage. And first I asked as a, as a teacher and a concerned adult, you know, was, and I inquired, but then it ended up being a emotional, like, Oh, it's because everybody tells me what to do. And, you know, society and all these things, you know, basically first world problems. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I explained to him that, you know, this, you know, that is, that's, you know, I kind of chuckled and said, that sounds like a first world problem rather than actual bondage that is occurring today. And I explained to him about modern day slavery and how for those that are not experiencing that, we should count our blessings which inspired me to start to have this episode. So let's begin with the fact. And the first slaves in America were Native Americans, not Africans. Colonists learned very fast that Native Americans, for the most part, were not only difficult to enslave, they knew the land and other tribes, but also because of immunis- you know, the immune system. They didn't have antibodies for the European diseases that they carried. And the f- this, this is a fact in, history, in American history that is well documented. More specifically, the natives who were first enslaved were Tainos, my ancestors. Approximately in the year 1493, to 1508, depending if you date either Christopher Columbus or Ponce de Leon. And while transitioning away from enslaving indigenous people, it was Spain and uh, Portugal who began importing African slaves and using indentured servants as the new way of life. Many Europeans traded their lives away for different reasons also. This is called indentured servitude, where you exchange your personal life due to debt or the possibility of a new opportunity. However, the life expectancy and lifestyle was so horrific in the Americas, they died before they, uh, their indentured servitude was completed. Then came the Columbian Exchange, which later became the Atlantic Triangular Exchange. 
And this is where the 1619 Project begins its history. The complications of slavery as a whole can date back as far as history was recorded. However, some of the best Western documentation of slavery would date back to Rome and Egypt with the Israelites. Uh, they were Israelites being Jewish people um, who were enslaved by the Egyptians. And after the fall of the powerful Roman Empire, uh, and an empire that had slaves, the power of vacuum began in nations of Africa and in Europe. But I want to focus on Africa for for the history of slavery because it connects with American history with slavery. Slavery was not only accepted for the most part. It was how the world worked at the time. One third of the population in the nations in Africa, a region historically named uh, Senegambia, were enslaved. Moreover, Muslim nations during their jihad. And this happened and the jihad happened prior to the Vatican's crusades, enslaved many Christians who were white or olive skin and slaves were traded for weapons to continue the war on their rival nations within Africa. Now, I'll go a bit deeper on, on this in a moment on this history, but these facts alone put the 1619 Project truth quote unquote into question. However, an award awarding a Pulitzer gives credibility to an essay that had no factual evidence but mere interpretations of history through a very, very narrow lens. And here are some facts. African slaves were first enslaved by other Africans. And if they were not sold for international trade, they were used for cattle or agricultural military service or local trading. And these were capable men, women, and children that in many instances were in the wrong place at the wrong time and a bigger force suppressed and enslaved them. They were not fools either. Okay, these were not uneducated people. The first immunization in the colonies of America was in Boston. A slave, which unfortunately the history documents his uh, slave name as uh, Onimus, uh, Onesimus, excuse me, in Boston, who was owned by a Puritan minister named Cotton Mather, administered immunization for smallpox and later taught others to administer the vaccination for it. He was later credited for saving the Boston colony. Another powerful-minded slave was Phyllis Wheatley. She was purchased in Boston to be a house servant, but reports and Journals, which are primary sources in history, claim she was more of an adopted daughter who was not only freed, but was educated in English, Latin and Greek. She was the first African-American and one of the first women in her time to publish a book of poetry. 
And from her biography, a strong supporter of America's fight for independence, Wheatley penned several poems in honor of the Continental Army's commander, George Washington. Wheatley sent one of said works, written in 1775, to the future president, eventually inspiring an invitation to visit him at his headquarters in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Wheatley accepted the offer and visited Washington in March of 1776. Slaves also brought in practices that cultivated modern medicine, foods, and musical culture that we see today, such as music that inspired almost every modern popular sound in the United States, to the Spanish music such as salsa and merengue. Furthermore, slaves brought a whole new meaning of bravery into the new world. Take, for example, James Armistead. Armistead, born into slavery and eventually rose to not only stand by George Washington and Marquise de Lafayette, but was the first double spy in America who was credited to be the key person for the victory of the colonial army. He received a full pension and became a free man. There are many other great leaders who rose up from slavery, but it, you can listen to my previous episode on history and get more details on that because there are a lot more people to be discussed and why in most educational societies, in America at least, you don't hear about it. I highly recommend to listen. Nevertheless, some claim that slaves that stayed in Africa were treated better and if they knew the harsh world they would be going into, that they would refuse to sell to the merchants. Well, if that was the case, then modern day slavery such as children, sex trade and labor would not be occurring today. And let's not forget, if you're selling a human being you are not looking at them as human beings, but as product. So let's cut the humanistic stuff out. You're not, you're not selling what you're trying. <laughs> I'm not buying what you're trying to sell, I think is the term. And let's, let's, let's keep it real. Now, as promised, I want to elaborate on the history of slavery before I go deeper into modern day slavery, which is a, a personal... I have a personal vendetta about. The history of slavery spans since the time of Babylon in the 18th century BC and Mesopotamia in 10,000 BC. Since then, it has expanded throughout the cultures, religions, nationalities. Moreover, the social, economical, and legal statuses of slaves were different based on the culture and the era when it took place. So slaves were enslaved for different reasons. And we cannot forget it was the Israelis, the Israeli slaves that built the Egyptian pyramids that everybody loves to see. Furthermore, many people, especially during the time of the Roman Empire, bounded themselves into slavery in order to pay off debts, uh, some slaves uh, became gladiators, and they were volunteer slaves, 
that bounded themselves for an opportunity of glory. However, it became less common as time passed uh, throughout the early Middle Ages after the fall of Rome, with the exception of some cultures, and which I'll get into in a second. And let's look at the Ottoman Empire and the Ottoman Wars, the Byzantine Ottoman Wars between 1265 and 1479 and the Ottoman Wars in Europe between the 14th and the 20th century which resulted in the enslavement of Christians and many African Arab kingdoms controlled areas from Western and Central Asia to Northern and Eastern Africa Europe and India from the 7th to the 20th century and this was around the time the Atlantic slave trade occurred. This created a new type of slavery. This new form originally was not about race, but rather cattle slavery. This put people in category of goods rather than being human. People in bondage and their children will remain in bondage. So if you were born a slave... You are a slave. This was originally invented in the mid-1400s when the Portuguese and the Western African kingdoms began trading slaves. They gave them mechanized, uh, they gave them uh, inventions and weapons in exchange for slaves. And kingdoms included uh, Dahami and Ashanti became powerful due to the slave trade. Okay. And these are tribes that are, you know, that people still talk about. They were part of the slave trade. And it was so successful that they began capturing people more inland, which we can talk about the harsh conditions of marching them back to the coast for the trade. If you want on another episode, if if requested enough. But... I'm digressing. Obviously, in the United States, many Christians began to justify slavery, especially based on race and moral values rather than just cattle, uh, which made the situation worse. And you had one group of Christians um, justifying slavery, while another group of Christians that are abolitionists. And this was before... The Revolutionary War. Okay, let's make this clear. This was not during the Civil War. It escalated during the Civil War, but that's a hundred years, approximately a hundred years, according to my calculations, of resentment towards slavery, while another group was building up and justifying the ideas of slavery. So it was bound to break, which led to the Civil War. Once again, anything that becomes a moral value, it, it becomes the right thing to do. And therefore, it can become very combative once the moral values are defiled. Okay. And um, on, on my next episode, I'm going to be talking about morals versus ethics. So subscribe and listen in for that. I had to do that plug-in before I continue.
Despite the, these facts, uh, the 1619 Project undermines a major problem the world is facing today, modern-day slavery. Millions of children and adults are in slavery in every single country in the world. This includes the United States and Europe. These modern-day slaves are used for personal and commercial gain. What is most concerning is that it can be found in plain sight. This can be people making our clothes, working in our factories, cleaning our homes, picking up, picking our crops, or serving our needs such as food and cosmetic application. So if you're going to the hair salon, for example... Or if you, you know, just if you're a gentleman that likes to get his manicure and pedicure and it's perfectly fine with that. But you never know that person that you're serving, even tipping, that is might actually be a slave. Now, I, I'm not talking and, and I want to make this clear. I, I had to take a moment to pause and I want to make this perfectly clear. I am not talking about people being underpaid or overworked. OK, I am speaking on the purest form of slavery through bondage and fear. It looks like a normal job that these people are doing from the outside, but the people are controlled due to violence Passports taken away, inescapable debt, and or a fear of deportation. And here's a list of modern day slaves taking shape. We have forced labor. Those that work and or service people and are forced to do it. We have human trafficking. This can be forced labor, which I just mentioned. Criminality being forced into gangs. Organ removal. Forced marriages and prostitution. Then we have debt bondage. And these are people that are trapped who had to borrow money and are forced to work off their debt. So basically how that works is they almost like indentured servitude with an exception that you they make it impossible for you to pay off your debt. So you will surrender yourself and you will work until they tell you when not to, but they would give you a place to sleep. They will feed you, but they will deduct it from your pay, which is uh, barely minimal. So they make it almost impossible. And then we have slavery of children, the exploitation of children that are forced into prostitution, regardless of sex. I do not care if it's a male or a transgender, whatever, regardless of sex. This is part of their their slave trade when it comes to children. And then we have military. So we have children that are. You know, forced into become uh, child soldiers. And then we got criminality again. And then we have domestic slavery. The biggest concern is the ideals of oppression rather than actual oppression. Okay, and that's my biggest problem with the 1619 Project and how it enforces today. Slavery is not a thing of the past. Many people benefit from modern day slavery. This happens across the entire world. And by undermining the real history and learning from it, we take away the focus 
and our energies that could be that could have filled up gaps and moved us forward to the present and future problems. Modern slavery is credible, factual, and backed by hard data. As for the 1619 Project, to simply claim it was verified by credible sources, not giving the specifics of the sources and how that information was processed, if through primary sources and concrete evidence, leaves nothing but skepticism. In other words, you can say I fact-checked for the sake of fact-checking without providing the actual evidence is dangerous because many people will blindly believe this newly formed truth over facts because it sounds and feels better to your audience or point of view. The idea of having the history of the United States start at 1619 which a lot of schools are doing today and I'm very much against it and based on slavery does not only undermine the full foundation of history slavery and how our government was inspired but will create a future of a future generation of victimization resentment rather than pride and loss of focus to the problems that we are facing today with modern day slavery and how can you say I'm, I'm declaring this? Well, we can see this in history. And when it comes to the revolutions and people who wrote it after, you know, Marxists believes that the history of of all, um, all hetero, I believe is what he said, existing society is the history of class struggle. Basically, everything is a class struggle, kind of like the 1619 Project. And then you have Vladimir Lenin's books that encourage demonization, uh, propaganda, and the ends justifying the means. And this is why history should be based on facts rather than truths that makes you feel justified, good, or angry. History is about finding the truths based on facts and learning from those lessons. That is the only way we can move forward as a society and build a stronger foundation for our future children. And maybe one day facts will equal truth rather than rather than the opposite. So I would highly encourage you to not take things on face value. Do your research. Ask the hard questions. When it comes to modern day slavery, not only look it up, but see what you can do to combat that. It is a problem that is rising. I believe um, this was back in um, my days with the New York City Police Department, the NYPD, uh, in, a, in a training on um, human trafficking how many cartels are switching over from drugs to humans. It's more profitable and it's less manpower. It is rising. And we need to do something about that. And I hope all of you that are listening will be inspired to at least look into the matter and see what you can do to help those that are truly, truly 
and bondage and in need. Thanks for listening to Thinking to Think with Mr. A. If you like our show and want to know more, check out my website in the description or please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, whichever platform you heard this episode. Please do not forget to share and spread the word. Join us next week where we will continue the fight to build a critical thinking society. Thank you and have a beautiful week. Thank <laughs> you.